Mm-hmm. Happy Halloween, everybody! Ooh! Spooky show today on Wednesday, October 31st. Very excited! I'm so excited! I, I've already had a bag of M&Ms this morning. Uh, yeah, we can tell with your sugar rush. Um, <laughs> how excited are you? This is your son's first Halloween. Very have excited! Him, have you bought him a costume? He's wearing like a pumpkin shirt or something like that. I don't know. Okay, so that's typical of every right, yeah. first kid's Halloween. Not the most. Uh, are you taking him trick-or-treating? We, I don't think we're going to actually – yes, we're going trick-or-treating, but with other people just to walk around. I don't think, we're not going to like get candy on his behalf. I don't think anyway. This is exciting stuff. You got to go get candy. We have we have candy. We have our own. In fact, I already ate some, as I told you. Welcome to the show, everybody. You we- turn your lights off. Oh, lights are off. Uh, we have bought no candy. What's um, with you? You're evil. Lucas has found a friend to go with, so I don't have to worry about that. My 16 year old actually asked me if he could go to a party and skip school tomorrow. <laughs> 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 what did you say? <laughs> I said, uh, I, we have, like, he has asked to miss a, a day or an hour for certain things in the past. And I've got a pretty standard response. And it showed me your, uh, current grades. That's, that's a pretty good response. He showed me his current grades. They were awesome. And I said, okay. Oh, nice. Wow. Good for you, Heath. Uh, alright. So today we got buy low. We got sell high. We did a bonus episode yesterday. I hope you checked it out. It was 15 minutes long. We broke down the trade deadline. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Golden Tate, Ty Montgomery on the move. We talked about the impact of all the relevant people. So please check that out. But if you missed it, we'll go over it today. We'll like do a quick recap of our thoughts on the players who were moved. But we're not going to spend uh, as much time today on uh, on the trades. We are going to get a little bit of a, a visit from the regulators later on in the show. We got some good regulating to do today. We're talking Halloween candy, Halloween movies. And have a lot of fantasy football and your tweets uh, and your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. You know, All I right. may have misspoken earlier because okay. I was really negative the last couple of weeks about Halloween. But I've never celebrated Halloween. So <laughs> if that's that, – that may be better. <laughs> yes, I say it weird. Okay, like just uh, – I think a lot of people say Halloween. Happy Halloween. Nobody says happy Halloween. That's stupid. There, there are a few things on this show that are said a little weird. I'm sure I say them – Say plenty of things that are weird. Um, okay, what? It always I, makes me laugh the way Dave says bungles. Bengals, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never knows that. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, the way you say rune. Rune, yeah. Yeah. Heath has one. Uh, it's the Jackson ja- Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you also say tournament really, really weird too. Tor- I do say tournament weird. You're that is thank you, thanks guys. Buy low. On who? I have none. Nothing that I say weird. I don't think so. I just talked 100 miles an hour. Uh, yeah, I think so. You say Pete Prisco weird. Okay, so uh, who are we buying low on? Oh, we're doing buy lows first. I thought we were doing sell highs first. Do you have any sell highs that you'd like to throw? Oh, out? I, I was I was very excited to talk about my sell high. All right, fine. I'm, I'll allow it. It's Halloween with crazy like, things happening. Yeah, yeah. I am very scared of Tariq Cohen moving forward, Ooh. and not necessarily the total points he's going to score over the rest of the season. I think they will probably be in PPR top 20-ish. But on a week-to-week basis, especially what we saw last week, completely masked by the fact that they they just forgot to cover him for a play and he had a 70-yard pass touchdown. He had five carries, one catch, 
Only three targets last week. And really, he's got that one game against Tampa Bay with 20 touches. And he had 14 against the Patriots. The rest of the games, you look 8, 5, 8, 12, 6. I would be trying to sell high on Tariq Cohen. Okay, and at Buffalo this week, then Detroit. So the schedule's not so bad off the bat, but whatever. Well, that, that's, that's, that's the not question. the point. That's not the point. Is that is is Buffalo this week a good matchup for Tariq Cohen or a good matchup for Jordan Howard? Yeah, I, I don't know. Both? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Cohen is a poor man's version of James White. He's not going to get as many touches and probably not going to be as successful. But, I mean, the rate that he's producing is not going to be sustainable anyway. So you just have to understand there's going to be some lumps along the way. But, I, I mean, you're not benching him against Buffalo with six teams on a bye. Jamie, do you have a sell high? I would have to be getting something great in return, but uh, the Golden Tate trade to Philadelphia makes me slightly nervous about Zach Ertz. Really? Yeah, I mean, those guys operate in the same part of the field. So not that you're giving him away by any stretch, but um, if you can get – you have to get two players in return. One has got to be one of the mid-level tight ends. So George Kittle, O.J. Howard, Derek Cook, whatever the case may be, whoever, however you rate those guys. And then another starter in return. So it's got to be two for one, but I, I think they're going to see a slight, slight downturn in production for Ertz now. What if one of those tight ends you got in return was Rob Gronkowski? No, I mean, <laughs> yes. Well, well yeah, I, look, I, I think he's the, uh, the honorary buy low. We can transition to the buy lows now. And, uh, I think, I think he hopefully goes the, uh, Jordy Nelson 2016, Ben Roethlisberger 2017 route where it just doesn't really make any sense. That he's not producing, really not getting a ton of targets, been dealing with an ankle injury, been dealing with a back injury. Uh, they've got, uh, Green Bay this week, and they've been pretty good against tight ends. Then they've got Tennessee, which is number one against tight ends, but they've only faced one good tight end, and that was Ertz, and he torched them. And then a bye. So, I think we'll all agree, right, to, to buy low on Rob Gronkowski. And, and not only that, like, this is an amazing time to do it. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is that, like I have Gronk in one league, I, I'm six and two. I'm not trading him. Oh, you're not, but you think he's a buy low candidate. Some people might not. No, but but what I'm saying is like you have to be getting a starting tight end in return. Well, sure. I mean, you can package OJ Howard and something for Rob Gronkowski. That that something better be something good. Well, uh, but I mean, yes. wait, look he, at the he, trades we see all the time. You know what I'm talking about. And and I'll go back. This is not really a sell high, but back to because I think when we talked about Golden Tate yesterday, your initial impression was completely different than ours was. And I do think there may be some people that look at that trade and say, well, Golden Tate just went from Matthew Stafford to Carson Wentz. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't hesitate to try to sell high on Golden Tate. Yeah, you're right. If people were, yeah, because that, I think what I, all right, put it this way. If Golden Tate started the season with the Eagles, had a training camp with the Eagles, even with Alshon and Ertz on the field, I'd probably be pretty excited about him. And that's what I was sort of reflecting in my enthusiasm. But there is such an unknown with a guy going to a new team midseason, learning the playbook and whatnot. So I, I feel I feel you, dog. Uh, I got the uh, – oh, wait, Heath, who's your buy low? Sorry. It was go- Golden Tate. Oh, it was Golden Tate. No, Golden no, Tate was a sell high. Sell high. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm just, I'm really giving you a hard time today and I apologize for it. <laughs> yeah, who's your? It's, it's not. Whoa, nice. <laughs> you apologizing for giving him a hard time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. Is that, as a were, people were frustrated by his at that game and said, well, he's just Carlos Hyde. 
I think he's better than Carlos Hyde, and I expect he will have the majority of his games will be better than what he gave us last week, which was still, what, nine points in PPR, seven points in, in standard? That's the floor. And I expect a monster game against the Chiefs this week. Next two matchups are great. Chiefs and the Falcons. Nick Chubb as a buy low. And throw out a few more names. Same team. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry has the second most targets in the NFL. He's not doing much with them, but you gotta love the targets. Adam Thielen has one more target than Jarvis Landry, and yet Thielen is the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Landry's 29th in non-PPR, 18th in PPR. So another appearance on this list as a buy low. Agree or disagree on Landry? Agree. I, I agree. I, I think uh, expectations may have been a little high for him, but he'll be better than he has been. And these next two are definitely not not like so confident, but I'll throw them out there. Deion Lewis had a good game in Week 7, 13 carries for 91 yards, 6 catches for 64 yards. Not the first time he's had a good game, and he hasn't strung them together. But maybe they come out of their bye and realize they need to get Deion Lewis more involved. Do you think he's a buy low? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it, and on that same team, I'm not going to back off my Corey Davis <laughs> love for at least the next 10 days. So what would you be willing or, or where would you place Deion Lewis in your running back rankings to give people an idea? Rest of season? Yeah. PPR? Yeah, I don't think anybody's buying him in standard. 22. I'd say 25 to 30. Alright, so it's not that great of a buy low, but. No, but I mean, you it's know, it, it's, it's, there's, there's upside there if he stays healthy. Yeah. And last one uh, that I have is Crowell. Isaiah Crowell, who is a- averaging 5.1 yards per carry this season, but in six of eight games, 3.1 yards per carry or less. So he's had two huge games, one against Denver, one against Detroit. Um, and the two touchdown game against the Browns. Yeah, two huge games in terms of yards per carry, yeah. Uh, at Miami, then Buffalo, then a bye. So uh, two good matchups coming up for Crowell. And I just think, look, he, he faced the Vikings and the Bears in his last two games. Good defenses. No Powell. I'm not saying by low and this guy's going to win you a championship, but maybe he can help you get through some bye weeks. Maybe he can get you Oh, he's points. a very good start this week. Yeah, right? I mean, Crowell's better than what we've seen the last couple weeks. Sure. All right, so it's a mild buy low. And I, I think Josh Gordon, uh, that, that Packers secondary may just be ripe for Josh Gordon this week. Hopefully. I mean, it, it's, it's been a little frustrating with him. You know, targets have not been there. And, and last week, the whole, was he late? Was he not late? Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Um, I have one for you, Adam. All right. Keenan Allen. Yeah. His numbers the second half of last season were just amazing. And very similar. Not a great first half. So in his last seven games, he had five 100-yard outings and four touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Glad we gave up T.Y. Hilton for him. Yeah. That's a good, that was a good trade. It probably was. Oh! What? What happened? Speaking of that, we've got to tell people what we... Did we do what I think we did last night? I haven't looked at any of my waiver claims, but let's take a look. This is this is going to be exciting. This is an interesting... This is an interesting... Um, I think fantasy topic. Cause I know off the top, like, I know, rule of thumb, carrying three quarterbacks, especially in a 10 team league. Like we fought for a good three weeks about carrying two quarterbacks right. in a 10 team league. Yeah, look, it's a terrible idea on paper. You don't want to carry three quarterbacks. It doesn't make sense. However, 
when your two quarterbacks are Andrew Luck and Carson Wentz, they both happen to be on a bye. They might be top five quarterbacks in fantasy. Would you keep them really just to play defense and make sure nobody beats you later in the season because they picked up Andrew Luck or Carson Wentz? That's kind of what we were uh, what we were dealing with yesterday, Heath. So you added a third guy? Uh, we did not. I don't. I don't think Adam processed our waiver claims, so he may have done something without my consent. Well, I told you everything. But I was uh, I was looking at it last night, and Adam says. Okay, we'll drop Vance McDonald for a third quarterback and keep Luck and Wentz. And I'm like, no, no, we can't do that. So Adam asked me, which one do you like better, Wentz or Luck? And looking at the schedule with Wentz having Golden Tate now, I actually like Carson Wentz better than Andrew Luck rest of the season. Wow. Hey. So did we drop Andrew Luck? We dropped Vance McDonald and we own three quarterbacks. Who's the third one? We have Wentz, Luck, and now we have Russell Wilson for this week. What? Why did we drop Vance McDonald? Because we have Greg Olson. We don't need two tight ends. Vance McDonald is much less likely to beat us going forward than Andrew Luck or Carson Wentz would be. I think it would be better if you guys are carrying three quarterbacks and two tight ends in a 10-team league. This is amazing. I, it's a unique circumstance. But I don't think you should drop great players, even if you have a surplus of them. I I had a situation where uh, which was just relieved for me, um, where I was carrying three quarterbacks as well in a 10-team league. It's very deep benches. Um, but I had Luck. Matt Ryan and Jameis, and uh, now I no longer have a three a quarterback situation. Right, but you didn't uh, want somebody to pick up Jameis, and, and we picked up Russell Wilson over Ryan Fitzpatrick. I put in a bid for Fitzpatrick. We lost the bid. So you prioritize Fitzpatrick over Wilson? Yes. Okay. For you, for you, my friend. Uh, let's go through yesterday's trades, and let's just spend a few minutes on this. So Demarius Thomas goes to Houston, Golden Tate to Philadelphia, Ty Montgomery to Baltimore. Uh, I just want to stress to everybody, we did a really good breakdown of it on yesterday's bonus episode. Please listen to that. Let's start with Ty Montgomery and knock this one out. Um, how much of a boost for Aaron Jones and or Jamal Williams? I mean, it's a, it, 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 it's a boost for those guys just because there's additional touches. He was averaging just under seven touches per game in terms of Montgomery. So the hope would be is that, you know, mostly Jones, but... You know, if you just look at what skill set is, you know, Jones isn't exactly the most proficient pass catcher, at least so far in his early NFL career. Uh, not that Williams has been great in that regard, but better than Jones and use more than Jones. Um, that would be my fear as the Jones owner is that Williams gets the, the, the majority of those touches because he is a very good pass blocker. Um, but hopefully this is the sign of things to come for, for Jones. You know, you heard the talk coming off the bye week. You said it, Adam, last week that you, you thought this could be a breakout game for Jones and, and in a lot of ways it was. Um, I just hope that, uh, you know, he got two catches, <laughs> no yards on those two catches. If he could have two catches a game and, and 12 to 15 carries a game, he's going to be a special player. Yeah, it was a little bit of a lucky breakout. I mean, he had a long run, but he got 12 carries a season high for Aaron Jones. And if he's at 14 or 15 a week, that'd be awesome. Uh, does it hurt uh, Alex Collins? Potentially. We don't know what the plan, what Baltimore's plan for Ty Montgomery is yet. But like, there's reasons to be concerned about Collins, and there's there's definitely reasons to be worried that they're just going to not give the ball to Buck Allen anymore at all. I'm going to ask you to rank five wide receivers. So everybody, listen listen carefully. Rank Demarius Thomas, Cortland Sutton, Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones. Rest of season or this week? Rest of season. Galladay Jones. Let's format. Yeah, it does matter. Let's do PPR. Galladay, Jones, Tate, Thomas, Sutton. 
I'll go Galladay, Jones, Tate, Sutton, Thomas. All five of these guys, though, need to be rostered, right? Oh, yeah. Of course. Sutton's now 64% owned. He was like 33 yesterday or something. Uh, Thomas, value up, down to the same. Slight bump. Slight bump, okay. And I'm sorry, Heath, you like Sutton better than Thomas? Jamie? No, I do. Oh, I'm sorry. I flipped that. Okay. Jamie likes Sutton better than Thomas. Heath. It's close though. It's close for both of you, right? And, and you think Golden Tate loses here? Slightly. It's like the, the bump that Thomas gets is the downgrade that Tate gets. Yeah. He was averaging, I think, 9.9 targets per game. I don't, I don't see him matching that in Philadelphia. If he does, then it's bad for Jeffrey and Ertz. Right. All right. So it was fun. It was good times. Ha ha Clinton Dix. is a winner and Stafford's a loser. Yeah. Uh, ha ha Clinton Dix, uh, traded to the Redskins, makes their defense even better as they get ready for Atlanta and Dante Fowler to the Rams. So, gosh, the Rams, they, <laughs> they got a pretty eclectic group there. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Marvin Jones. All right. So how good do you think Marvin Jones is now? I don't think he's that far from Sutton and Thomas, to be honest, but you know, the, the being granted the opportunity for more targets is, is the attractive thing. I just hope he does enough with it that he's just not touchdown dependent. He looked, he looked great. You know, the, the, they've tried a lot. You know, the, if you buy into air targets, he, you know, he was very good in that regard. He had a lot of touchdown opportunities they just didn't connect on. Um, so, you, you know, now that Tate is gone, it's not like his role's changing. They're going to use uh, Brandon Powell and, and TJ Jones in the slot and theoretic potentially. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at his games where he got at least eight targets, which would be pretty close to my expectation moving forward over the last year. At six for 54, six for 96 and a touchdown, six for 128, seven for 107, four for 90, mm. seven for 117 and two touchdowns. Man, it's very encouraging. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And he does lead the team in red zone targets right now. Marvin Jones, he has 10 of those. He has six targets inside the 10 yard line. Uh, any sleepers? Uh, you mentioned, uh, you, uh, you mentioned like Theo Riddick, but other guys that could step up and just be sleepers like Brandon Powell, maybe. I guess TJ Jones. Okay. And nobody too exciting, right? Nobody exciting at all. No. Well then, I'll tell you what is exciting. The SeatGeek app is exciting because getting tickets, it can be really complicated online. Really annoying. And you're not getting great prices. You're getting ripped off a lot. SeatGeek's going to help you out. SeatGeek's going to get you great prices and save you a ton of time by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. And SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. So you want to sort by best value? You can do that. You want to sort by price? You can do that. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. And you can see the price without the fees, which I really like. So there's no, uh, you know, there, there's no hidden fees on SeatGeek when you sort that way. And you get 20 bucks off your first purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT. Promo code is FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. I swear by the SeatGeek app. I promise you will love it. You will use it even after you use that promo code. You will see you're getting great deals on SeatGeek. So once again, download that SeatGeek app for sports, for concerts, for comedy, for theater. Get to the game. Get to the event. Use the promo code FFT for 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event, and we have the tickets. Some more news and notes. Kyle Laletta, the Giants backup quarterback, was arrested uh, as they enter into their bye week. I don't know. Maybe that keeps... 
Eli Manning as the starter for a little longer. He'd do anything to not play behind that offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Ben Roethlisberger broke his finger on his left hand. He'll be fine. He'll play this week. Nathan Peterman will start for the Bills this week. Bears DST, are they number one? They are. They were before this, so. <laughs> uh, Buffalo signed their new quarterback, Terrell Pryor. Well, That'd be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. They signed Terrell Pryor. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be completely out of the question for him to get a little action at quarterback. Bears offensive guard Kyle Long is out six to eight weeks. Seattle released Brandon Marshall. AJ Green has a toe injury, but he should be fine. Raheem Mostert has an ankle injury. Maybe that's why we got must, maybe that's why he was what, a must turd? Most heard? No, he got hurt during the game. Well, that sucked. On one of his two touches. Um, but if you go by the 49ers uh, track record, an ankle injury means 20 carries. <laughs> That's true. We're supposed to preview that game today, by the way. We have to get to that. Uh, the Thursday night game. CJ Beathard uncertain for this game. Yeah. I would, I would actually like to hear more about your three quarterbacks. I haven't heard that story enough. Just to <laughs> let everybody know we had some technical issues and I heard that story. On repeat, it's in my head now forever. So, <laughs> so he asked me which one I like better, and after looking he's, at the schedule, he's pick up from the uh, where you like the two quarterbacks. So he damn asked, it, Heath, can you start this? Uh, he's pick up. And, uh. So he asked me which one I like better, and I looked at the schedule, and with Carson Wentz already having having Golden Tate now, I actually prefer Carson Wentz to Andrew Luck. I got to do that again, Heath. Sorry. So he asked me, do you expect the following players? Melvin Gordon. Uh, can we go back real quick? The C.J. Beathard thing could be big. He can't hold the football right now. Could uh, be big for who? For uh, negative on the Raiders and 49ers passing game. Because I think John Gruden, if he thought that he could run the ball 35 times and just win a game, he's going to do that. I will downgrade yeah. Derek Carr a little bit if Beathard is out. I think John Gruden wants to kind of make a statement with Derek Carr again. I hope so. Uh, do you expect Melvin Gordon? Yes, you do. Do you expect Sony Michelle? I don't. Not as of now. Royce Freeman? Not as of now. Jamison Crowder? No. Allen Robinson? No. Kiki Cutie? No. Let's talk a little Halloween. Okay, people, I, I think that people are getting a little carried away with peanut butter M&Ms. Everybody's talking about peanut butter M&Ms like they're the best M&M. They aren't. They're basically Reese's Pieces. They, they taste almost exactly the same. There's a Peanut butter difference. or peanut M&Ms? Peanut butter. Okay. You know, peanut M&Ms are great. But peanut butter M&Ms are also great. But everybody's acting like, oh, I've never had anything. They're, they're Reese's Pieces. They're the same thing. Okay. I have a Halloween movie I want to recommend. I recommended it on Twitter. And you know this is a good movie because people actually agreed with me. And nobody ever agrees with my Twitter takes. The movie is called Sinister. It was on last night and it, it sent shivers down my spine. It is freaking awesome. Please watch Sinister. One of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Congratulations on your new deal. Candy Corn. Um... According to Mark Harden on Twitter, is the trash juice that collects at the bottom of the trash bag. How do you guys feel about candy corn? I've never been a fan. I I don't like it, but if there's a bowl sitting there, I'll probably have a couple pieces. Yeah, I asked people on Twitter, candy corn is a good or b bad? Bad one with sixty nine percent of the vote. Do you I know why it's called candy corn? No. I learned this the other day. If you stack them all together, it looks like a uh, ear of corn. Really? Mm -hmm. That's cool. I also asked, which holiday is better, Hall Halloween or July 4th? He he well, <laughs> Halloween is not a holiday. But it's a holiday. July 4th is not a holiday. Oh, well, July 4th is a holiday. 
July 4th isn't a holiday. Did you just say that? Independence Day is a holiday. I hate you. Anyway, people on Twitter said July 4th overwhelmingly, two-thirds of the vote. That's accurate. And then I asked, if you were trick-or-treating and receiving candy from strangers, which Halloween candy would piss you off the most? This is what's wrong with Halloween and with America. Do not teach your kid that if he's walking around the neighborhood getting free handouts from people he doesn't even know that he has the right to be pissed off because they didn't give him the candy that he wants. Well, here's There's no obligation to even give candy. You have a, you have an obligation. Yes, you do have an obligation to give no. candy, and you have an obligation not to give crappy candy. Like, don't this be that ridiculous. guy. Ridiculous! You're entitled. You're a brat. Here, the, you're a jerk. So here, what, the, what uh, happened to you on Halloween that made you this way? Yeah, what did happen? Like, like, did you want to dress up as like a superhero? And mom and dad were just like, "No, you're going as no, a." No, I, ghost. I dressed, I dressed up just a few days ago and went to a Halloween party. As what? Forrest Gump. Oh, that's great. You gotta send pic. You gotta put pictures of that up, man. I, my wife was uh, Jen A, and I was Forrest Gump. <laughs> All right, so here's what the people said: the the crappiest candy, the ones that would piss you off the most, jelly beans. Nah, whatever. Chips. Yeah, chips would be bad. Those peanut butter taffy things that come in the orange and black wrappers. Absolutely the worst. I actually got a lot of that. Uh, somebody said an apple. One lady always gives an apple. I'd be okay with that. Uh, now and later. Black licorice. Pennies. People give change, apparently. That's terrible. Uh, here's one that I would actually enjoy. Yogurt covered raisins. How do you, how, where are you guys on yogurt raisins? I love those. They're great. Yeah. I usually, I usually, when I take my kids shopping, I'll say, Oh, you guys want this? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, Hey, Dad, can we have the raisins? What raisins? Where'd they go? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't really like yogurt or raisins, so I don't imagine I would like those, but I've not had them. Give them a try. Uh, almond joys, mounds. Yeah. What's wrong with those? Ca- coconut. Coconut sucks. You're terrible. <laughs> uh, candy corn. This, okay, here's the worst, here is the worst candy. Butterfinger. Butterfinger, you all know, I hate Butterfinger. It's just dreadful. It's uh, okay every now and then, but it's not a good uh it's not on the on the top of the list, or at least it shouldn't be. Tell me if you guys like any of these candies that people said they were terrible. Uh Whoppers, Three Musketeers, yeah, good. Peppermint Patties. I like Three Musketeers. I don't like candy that much, but all those are fine. Tootsie rolls. I'm not a Tootsie Roll guy. They're fine. Toothbrushes. People give uh, out toothbrushes. Yeah. I bet you get really mad if you get those. <laughs> What the hell is this? You only have one, right? Correct? What? One toothbrush? Yes. No, I have two. Well, then how come when your clothes got lost or sent on the plane, you said I you only just, have one? I just went to the dentist and I just got a new one last week. Oh, you waited for the free one. <laughs> Actually, no. That's not entirely true. I bought one that I had to give it to my wife. So, uh, yeah. No, I, I have decent dental hygiene. All right. Uh we'll do <laughs> one round of the fantasy regulators, then Oakland San Francisco, then we're answering a bunch of your tweets and uh talking about fantasy football players. That's what we're here to do. So, let's do it. Fantasy regulators. From Rich. This is an incident that happened 3 years ago. Something something's off here. Hi Michael McDonald everybody. It's like Rick rolling people, but with Michael McDonald. Yeah, that's that's. When, that's when that's you say you had a bag of M and M's this morning, <laughs> what kind of M and M's did you it's actually? A little have? pack too. All right, this is an incident that happened three years ago in a league I used You're to play. But I'd still like to hear your opinion on it. It was the final week of the regular season, and two teams were fighting for the final playoff spot. 
one team had a significantly better roster than the other but ran into bad luck all year by playing against a lot of points. The team with the better roster was one game back of the weaker team and owned the tiebreaker over them. In other words, the better roster team would make the playoffs if they won and the weaker team lost. Now, the better roster team was playing the worst team in the league and almost certain to win. The weaker roster team was playing the best team in the league and had a high chance of losing. But with the, with the number one seed in the playoffs wrapped up, the best team in the league decided to sit his entire team on the bench and effectively give the weaker roster team the win, knocking the better roster team out of the playoffs. The owner said it was strategy to make his odds better for winning the championship, which he ultimately did. As you can guess, this did not go over well with the owner of the better roster team who got knocked out of the playoffs. So, is that good strategy or a poor integrity move? Yes. It's both. What would you do? Well, was the commissioner one of the four teams involved in this story? I guess it would be the question, because I could understand a commissioner uh, putting his uh, thumb on the needle here. But I, I... I would probably mock the guy. I don't think I'd kick him out of the league. It's uh, We get this a lot, you know, and benching your entire team is one thing. What if you just benched your best player or something like that? Do you have the right to determine your own playoff fate, basically? So so I guess the question that I have is when you say you're benching your entire team, that means you're just taking a zero because you're putting an illegal lineup in? Or you're swapping out players that are on by or not playing or just poor players? Yeah, let, let's say it's swapping in poor players that so you know you're going to lose. Does it matter? Well, yeah, because it's roster management. Like if you're if you're just like setting an illegal lineup, which we can do in in most leagues that we play in, then you get a zero. Sure, illegal lineup is a little bit different. But if you're just let's say you're benching Melvin Gordon for Frank Gore or something like that, well, yeah, but you're doing the, that with six players. It is a very low integrity move that is also great strategy. So you'd allow it. I'm not gonna say I, I, I guess the the question would be is, did the guy who got knocked out of the playoffs check to see that if the guy had played all of his players, he still would have won? Um. Well, I, I, no. I think the no. I don't want to get into that specific. I think the general question is, is that okay? Because I think there's an argument both ways. This is a, I think this is a tricky one. Well, I mean, it, it, look, you know, the thing about fantasy football is the idea is to you know run a team and mirror sort of what the NFL does, right? Right. And we exactly. know that the NFL, when they get to week 16, 17, they sit their guys to yeah. make sure that they're I, I need an answer. Playoffs. We're kind of uh, t- tiptoeing I, around I, it. I think it's – there's nothing you can do. It's okay? You let it stand? It's not It's not, It's not. not cool, but it's It's just there's nothing that yeah. anybody can do. You're not going to get me to say this is okay, but there, I would not kick him out of the league, and that's big for me. Okay. Well, it's been regulated. I'll keep moving. I just want people to know that this was a Michael McDonald song before it was Regulators. Let's go to Oakland at San Francisco. Stat of the game. (laughs) You know that wide receivers with eight or more targets against the Niners do well. I've said that like ten times last week. How about wide receivers with six or more targets against San Francisco? Ten of thirteen wide receivers with six or more targets against the Niners have scored double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR. So... Jordy Nelson, Seth Roberts, anyone? Anyone? Bueller? So, so that means start Jalen Richard and Jared Cook. Why? I think they're the only players the only that got six or more targets. <laughs> well, Nelson got in, has eight targets this season. <laughs> yeah. In games. 
Last week, not so much. Jordy Nelson uh, had four targets and one catch for 14 yards. But he played the most. Yeah, so th- this game is not – like, nobody wants to watch it. I get it. But there's actually a lot of fantasy potential here. We don't have good defenses. It would suck if Bether doesn't play. But um, why don't we start with the with the Raiders and – are there a lot of starts on the Raiders? I think you're starting both the running backs. I will bump Doug Martin up a little if Beathard is out and drop Jalen Richard down a little if Beathard is out. Richard is a little bit risky because a lot of his work has come when the team's down two scores. I'm not sure that they're going to be down at all in this game. Um, I'm probably starting Jordy Nelson. I'm definitely starting Jared Cook. Okay. Let's talk about Derek Carr. You'd go with Fitzpatrick over Carr. We know that from... Yesterday, would you go with uh, Russell Wilson or Derek Carr? Wilson. I I have Wilson one spot higher. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger at Baltimore or Derek Carr? Right now, I have Carr higher. I have been higher. Okay. Carr is about fifteenth for everybody. Fourteenth for Dave. Fifteenth for Jamie. Sixteenth for Heath. So he's an okay start. And um, you prefer Martin to Richard? What, what did you say? In PPR, too? For no? me, it's format. Martin in non-PPR, Richard is much higher in PPR. Yes, I agree. I just I do think Richard's a little bit risky. All right. Would you start Aaron Jones or one of these guys? Jones. I'd start Jones over both in non-PPR. I'd start Richard over Jones in PPR. I want to just bring up one thing about Jalen Richard. He's actually only the number 32 running back in PPR. Per game or for the season? For the season. he already has his bye. Uh, for the season. Yeah. So maybe he's like 24th-ish, you know, on a per game basis. I don't know. Just a wild guess. He just, he doesn't do anything but catch passes. He never scores. He doesn't get carries. So, just want to put that in perspective a little bit. And he's only 77% oh, owned. He needs to be it's, more. It's risky. Yeah. We just start him over Austin Eckler. Yes. And PBR. Let's, let's see what happens with Melvin Gordon. Would you start Jordy Nelson or Devin Funches? Funches. Funches. Jordy Nelson or Cortland Sutton? Sutton. Um, that's a good one. I I actually have them back to back. I'll go Jordy. Jordy Nelson or Matt Breida? Uh, Jordy and PPR. Breida has not caught a pass in four games. Yeah, I mean, Breed has got a great chance here if he's healthy, ready to go. Oakland, they are terrible against running backs. They allow 5.1 yards per carry to running backs, the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Um, yeah, like, how excited are you about Matt Breida? He's a number two running back on a week with six teams on a bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't even think he's a number two running back in PPR, but in PP, and non-PPR, I, I like him more than Tevin Coleman, but less than Jordan Howard and less than Doug Martin. But if he were healthy, if Breida were healthy, he'd be a must-start, right? No? I don't know if I'd say must-start. Most-start? Um, if he were healthy, he would be a must I mean, I think he's a must-start now, just again, given the circumstances. And how would you compare him to Doug Martin? Same. So you had them both. Who'd you start, Breida or Martin? Breida. I would start Martin. Which tight I'd end start, do you like? I start Martin in PPR. So which tight end do you like better, Kittle or Cook? 
Kittle, yeah. but they're both in my top five and both back to back. All right, yeah. So don't get cute. Start start. That, that changes if Beathard's out, though. If Beathard's out, would you start the Raiders DST? The awful, awful Raiders DST. Um, I'd consider it. You know, who their starting quarterback is if Beathard's out. I honestly forgot. Tom Nathan Savage Peterman. or something. Uh, Tom Savage is their third string quarterback. I don't know if they'd maybe upgrade him, but I believe Nick Mullen <laughs> is okay. the name. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. It's an interesting. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's awful. It's this game's gonna be terrible. And Marquis Goodwin starter sit. Same thing with Bethard. I think if Bethard plays, he's a number three receiver with upside. If Bethard is out, no chance. Yeah, I'm probably just sitting him regardless. Alrighty. That that does it for this terrible game. We got a lot more to talk about, including our second sponsor of the day, who wants to remind you that starting CJ Beathard, or his backup rather, would be not smart. Starting Jalen Richard in PPR would be smart. Using any company not named ZipRecruiter to find someone for your job, not smart at all. Making the lottery the centerpiece of your retirement plan, that's not smart. Do the smart thing, everybody. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT and hire the right person. This is a job site that sorts through all the candidates and identifies the ones with the right skills, education, and experience for your job. It actively invites them to apply. You're going to get qualified candidates. You're going to get them fast. That is why ZipRecruiter is the number one uh, job site is rated number one by employers in the U.S. It does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. All you got to do is sit back, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT, try it for free, post your job, and let ZipRecruiter do the rest. Do you want to sit there, go through all these resumes, waste all that time? Absolutely not. You want to let ZipRecruiter do that work for you. So our listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That is ZipRecruiter.com. Slash FFT ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And we got about 20 minutes left. Why don't we answer questions about players? Questions about players. Uh, so this is where I say to you on Twitter, tell me a player on your roster, ask me a direct question. And here we go. From Chaz. Is David Njoku a tight end, a, a tight end one? A number one yes. tight end. Yeah. Okay. Low end, but yes. Where did we rank Dion Lewis after the bye? We already answered that question. Yeah, like top 25. Um, most likely running back by my playoffs in half PPR. I think he means like most, most likely to be used. Connor, Ingram, Fournette, Nick Chubb, Latavius Murray. Just one? Yeah, like who's, who do you think's the, alright, if you were gonna pick two for your stretch run, Connor, Ingram, Fournette, Chubb, or Murray, who would they be? Ingram and Chubb. That's what I was going to say. Who uh, should I stream over Ben Roethlisberger this week? Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, or Joe Flacco? Yes. I would say none of the above. Against Baltimore with a broken finger, he has not had a good track record in Baltimore. So who would you pick, Jamie? Uh, Dak, Carr, Flacco. Carr, Dak, Flacco. For, uh, who is Alex Collins' rest of season? He was great this time last year. I waited, hoping. Then they traded for Ty Montgomery. So who is the 2017 version of Alex Collins? No, I read it wrong. What is Alex Collins' rest of season? What do you expect from him? Flex. Uh, someone you may cut in a couple of weeks. Is Kenny Galladay a wide receiver two rest of season? Yes. 
Maybe a number one. Is Cortland Sutton a wide receiver two rest of season? Yes. Probably a number three. <laughs> Should I trade the Bears DST? They have the Rams and the Packers in the playoffs. Sure. You Anytime can you can trade a DST yep. to it. But you might win a week with the Bears DSC this week, so just keep an eye on that. So sell high after they have another big game. Yeah, after this week. Uh Smallwood or Clement, rest of season. Adams. You think so? Yeah. Followed I'd by Smallwood, followed by Clement. Clement. So. What Heath, sorry. I think I'd prefer Smallwood. Alright. Uh can I give up on either Corey Clement or Chris Thompson? Clement for sure. Thompson I'd hold if you can, but he may not play again this week. Is Larry Fitzgerald a wide receiver three from here on in? Maybe a two in PPR. Yes. LaShawn McCoy or Marlon Mack rest of season? Mack. Yeah, Mack. What is Matt Breida's value going forward? Uh, Loves the injury report. <laughs> Low end number two. Sutton or Christian Kirk, PPR rest of season? Sutton. Sutton. Is Deontay Foreman worth keeping in a 14-team non-PPR league? No. I still have him in one. Will Philip Lindsay be top 12 rest of season? Borderline. Not quite. Is Leonard Fournette an RB1 when he's back? No. No. Is TJ Yeldon worth holding on to in a 12-team league? PPR, yes. I don't really think so. What's the best of these three? Marvin Jones, Doug Baldwin, or John Brown? Jones. Marvin. Uh, can I start Carson Wentz every week after his bye? Yes. Nick Chubb or Adrian Peterson, PPR, rest of season? Chubb. Chubb. This week? Peterson. Chubb. Is Jordan Howard an RB2? Yes. Barely. Emmanuel Sanders or Jarvis Landry, rest of season? Sanders. Sanders. What do we do with Doug Baldwin? Hold him. Start him. All right, we're going to finish with regulators. First, I, let's see, I got two segments to choose from here. I think since it's Halloween, I'm going to choose the spooky, creepy segment. Um, yeah. All right, here we go. Here's a segment called Scary Fantasy Football Thoughts. Scary Fantasy Football Thoughts. They will be accompanied by things like this. And this. Okay, here's a scary fantasy football thought. Would an Aaron Jones emergence make Aaron Rodgers less than an automatic start? Uh, no. No, not at all. No, you don't think so? No. Okay. Here's a really scary one. Aaron Rodgers won yesterday for two reasons. One, their defense got worse, and they got rid of a guy that he hates. Are we going to have no reliable running backs in Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, or Minnesota down the stretch? Potentially, but I doubt it. Yeah, I think James Conner and Leonard Fournette will be reliable down the stretch. So are Le'Veon Bell and TJ Yeldon. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray I worry about, though. You should worry about all of them. Uh, here's a scary thought. I don't know, I guess for opponents. Um, Denver's run defense is going to get a lot better if it hasn't already. Based on? Based on the last two games, based on last season when they had the best run defense in football. Like I've said, uh, they had pretty similar personnel. Didn't really make sense to me why they were doing so poorly. And last two games, David Johnson averaged 2.8 yards per carry. Kareem Hunt, 3.1 yards per carry. 
I guess we'll find out this week. They got one of the hottest guys in the league coming in to place him. They do. Lamar Miller. Uh, all right, that's a little scary. Um, here's something that's going to really terrify you. Is Patrick Mahomes going to be a first-round pick next year? No. What? I bet you, know, you like, I bet you people do. Like, there is a great possibility that he's going to be picked in the first round of a lot of leagues in the greater Kansas City area. <laughs> is he going to be a top 20 pick next year? He should not be, but he, he if he keeps this up, he will be. And here we go, last one. Creepy question. Is there going to be too much gore in Miami? That was your best one yet. Thank you. And yes, I think there is. Sure. Yeah, what does that mean for Kenyon Drake going forward? He's coming off two good games now. You start him. As long as they don't have uh, any better wide receivers than they do right now, I think he'll he'll find involvement in the passing game again. All right. I got some good stuff I'm going to save till, uh till Thursday's show. But right now, I'm going to give you the real thing. Let's do some legit Warren G. Regulate. This is from Zach. I play in a lot of competitive money leagues. In one league, a 2-6 team has traded Saquon Barkley for Nick Chubb and Wendell Smallwood. It's PPR. Oh, wait. All right. Listen. I'm going to start this email over because I forgot what this was. This is an email about a guy who wants players with a particular type of name on his Should we book. just say earmuffs before the email? I'm just going to say – I'm just going to read it once, okay? Well, now I'm reading it twice. But this guy wants a particular type of name on his roster. So I'm not going to say what it is, but all of you at home need to follow along. All right. He traded Barkley for Chubb and Smallwood. And then he dropped other starting players for the likes of Bethard, Dixon, Trenton Cannon, and Theo Riddick. And even Charles Johnson, Richard Rogers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Willie Sneed, and Rex Burkhead. Uh, he owned Robert Woods and David Johnson. Woods and Johnson, and he kept them. Um, he dropped Godwin, Hogan, Burton, Lamar Miller, and Cup as examples. Clearly he wants a certain theme of names. The commission is ready to kick him out of the league and restore the team, but he's arguing that if we do that, we also have to kick out a team that happens to own A.B., Hyde, and Butker and just picked up Hines. That's a true story. And also ban him from using the Browns DST. I'm dying laughing, but please regulate. Kick him out of the league. It's a great effort, but kick him out of the league. I hope everybody was able to enjoy that as much as we were. Slightly inappropriate, but we're mostly adults here, and I don't think the kids got it. And this one is from Jamie Eisenberg, but not like somebody pretending to be Jamie. It involves a long-standing league created by the commissioner. A few years ago, the commissioner decided to appoint a co-commissioner to hold the prize pool, including the free agent pool, where we bid with real dollars. At the end of last season, at least two players who were owed money were not paid, because the co-commissioner has gone AWOL. At least two other teams, including the commissioner who won the league, were paid before the co-commissioner went AWOL. Alright, so the co-commissioner is in charge of payments. He didn't pay two teams. Uh, at least two teams. What do you think is the best resolution? The teams that are owed money have to bite the bullet and get none of the money they're owed. The commissioner is ultimately responsible for paying all. The amount paid by the co-commissioner before going AWOL should be totaled and divided proportionally by the percentage owed from the pool. Or some other resolution. 
was the league in on the idea that a co-commissioner was holding all the money? Uh, would you like me to call this person and ask? Well, yes. I don't, I don't think you have to. He's, he's right here. Um, and everybody was okay with that before it happened? Wait, this isn't really Jamie. No. This isn't really your league, is it? No. Oh, you said not somebody pretending to be Jamie, so I thought it actually was Jamie. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Not Jamie, somebody pretending to be Jamie. Someone pretending to be Jamie, okay. Not me. I would say there's a couple different options here. If everyone in the league knew that the co-commissioner was in charge of the money and everyone was okay with that beforehand, then the answer, unfortunately, is A. If this was a decision the commissioner made without involving anyone else from the league and then afterwards said, sorry, the co-commissioner took your money, then the answer is B. Oh, wow, I disagree with you. Shocker. Uh, you're saying the answer is A, the teams that are owed money have to bite the bullet and get none of that money they're owed. Or B, the commissioner is ultimately responsible for paying all? No, you're wrong. What should happen is the teams that have been paid should give some of their winnings to the teams that haven't been paid. I disagree completely. What? How could two teams get screwed out of their winnings? That's ridiculous. Uh, because somebody took off with the money. Okay, but that doesn't mean that these two teams in particular should get screwed. Everybody should lose a share. They didn't get their money. Yeah, that's why we need to make it right. This is like, this is really bad, Heath. Wow. I'm, I am shocked. Jamie, can you weigh in? Uh. Forget it. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. If, If everybody but two people get paid, then the people who got paid should give up some of their winnings and make it right. Yeah, you can't, you can't just have them. Just get paid by himself. Jeez, Heath. Terrible. Terrible, huh? Heath. I, I think that the people that didn't get paid should track down the co-commissioner. They've got more motivation than anyone else. All right, next up. Jose says, a dude in my league proposed a trade. He trades Ezekiel Elliott. I give him James Conner straight up. No excuses. He put that in writing on our group chat. When I sent the trade... He backed out, arguing that he'll wait for the Le'Veon Bell situation to clear up. Uh. He'll wait for the Le'Veon Bell situation to clear up. Is it fair for him to chicken out of the trade that he proposed in the first place? Regulate. 100% fair. Yeah, he doesn't have to follow through with it. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's a little weak, but it's fair. All right, next up. This is from Joe. A guy sent me a trade offer of his Mike Evans for my James Conner. I saw the trade Sunday morning, and I gave it some thought, and I accepted the trade. I gave up Connor. I got Mike Evans. The early games had already started, but that doesn't matter because there were no injuries or breaking news that happened between the trade being sent and the trade being accepted. But soon after I accepted the deal, the guy who sent me the offer messages the whole league and tells everyone to veto the trade. He also tells the commission it was a mistake, and the commission also told everyone to veto it without even talking to me. Obviously, it gets vetoed right away since it only takes a few votes and the commissioner says to veto it. Turns out the guy who offered me the trade says he, quote, changed his mind and, quote, forgot to cancel it. I say that you have to know what's going on with your own team and also don't send out offers you wouldn't do. I also feel that I never got a fair chance and people vetoed under false information and some might say it's collusion to tell other teams to veto a trade. So far, the commission hasn't said anything to me and I feel like I'm being screwed. Regulators, what say you? I mean, don't play in leagues that have vetoes. Uh, I am not forbidding you to say that. Quit the league. It is obvious that A, people play in leagues with vetoes. You shouldn't. B, 
You can't just how take many the horror out of stories on this day of horror must we hear about trade vetoes before we just accept that the wrong answer is trade vetoes? I un- it really is bad. You might be right, but that doesn't I, help no, these I people. Am right. But that doesn't help these people. Yeah, it, it helps everybody that hears that message and decides not to have trade vetoes next year. It helps them. This There's is a, no help for all right, you I'm gonna in be, a trade veto league. I'm gonna There's be no the, solution to this. I'm going to be the voice of reason. This, no, there is no solution to this because you can't police the way that people use their veto. If they have that power to veto, they have the power to veto. No, you know what? People are abusing fit. the power to veto. You don't say, hey, everybody, veto this trade. I, I had second thoughts. I didn't want to do it. Like That's pathetic. That guy's a baby. Tell him he's a baby. Tell him we well, said so. Trade vetoes are four leagues of babies. They don't have to be. Trade vetoes can be dealt with responsibly. What I would say is that as a guy who's, who has once said, like, you know, if you send out a trade offer and then the guy gets hurt that and then it gets accepted that that trade should be vetoed, this is different. There were no injuries. He should have been more on top of it. He's – no, you are, you, are, you are in the right. This should not have been vetoed. You so, should get this Wait, trade. how are you helping him? I'm helping. I'm telling him what the right thing should have been, at least. Unlike just this unhelpful, mm, quit the league. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, you're you're trying to make him feel better. Yes. About this bad thing that happened because of the terrible rule that they have. I'm trying to fix the terrible rule. All right, but like that's just that's rule number one of fantasy regulators. Rule number one is we don't like trade vetoes, even though I kind of like them. Uh, know, yeah, that's not a rule number one. You like it. Okay. That's why we read six trade veto emails every time we do this segment. Well, that's what people have questions about. By the way, we get like at least 30 a week now, by the way, regulators. Last one, and then we will uh, send you off to go trick-or-treating. Uh, I heard about the owner who added and dropped all streaming tight ends to prevent his opponent from getting any. Here's what I did once instead. Was it ethical or just fun? This is from Brad, by the way. Someone had dropped an injured Odell Beckham last year to waivers in our three-keeper league. Anyone picking up Beckham would get him as a 13th round keeper next year. I immediately added and then dropped about 15 useless kickers so that the transaction moved below the screen on anyone's phone, hoping no one would notice and I could then pick up Beckham. So Beckham gets dropped, then he makes all these ad drops of kickers to move the the initial Beckham drop down so nobody would see. I like the way you're actually acting this out as if someone's watching you like move transactions now. You can see me? I thought you couldn't see me. No, you can't see us. We can see you. Oh, okay. Correct. So when you picked your nose about 20 minutes <laughs> yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. We, we saw it. Is that a good tactic or a bad move, dropping the transaction from the screen? I mean, it's nothing illegal or unethical. I think it's fun. I think it. it's... You would have vetoed him from the league. I would or Heath would have. You would have. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I don't, I don't think it's nice. People should be nice. Did he get him? I don't know. It, it didn't work. You don't oh, think it didn't nice? work. It's not nice. Uh, what do you think Michael McDonald would say? He'd say, gotta go by. We're out of here, everybody. This is the spookiest music I can think of. Have a great Halloween. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... 
The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Weeks.